Welcome to Two Girls Who Read, a podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Lily, and this is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything book-related. This week's topic is, if you read this, watch that. Or vice versa, like if you've watched this, read that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we've done this before with books, where it's like, it's like if you liked this book, read this book, because like they have the same vibe. But we decided to kind of do something today, because... Let's face it, like, book-to-screen adaptations are just not it, usually, with the exception of the Shadow and Bones show. But it's so, but, like, it still doesn't mean that we don't want to watch stuff, like, with the same vibes as the books we read. And so that's really what this episode is for. It's like, if you have a book that you really liked, we're going to give you, like, a show or movie that gives you the same vibes as that book, and you can watch it and be like, oh, my God. This the is so same fun. hit of serotonin. Yeah. And it can be vice versa because we do have some things here where it's like the show or movie that we've paired with the book is like more popular than the book. And so like we can just like swap it. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I, my first rec um, is if you liked – oh, wait, hold on. I need to get my list up. Sorry. I'm a bit disorganized. It's okay. We forgive you. The listeners should it's, be used to it by now between us. I know, they know they know that we were actually this is more organization than they should be expecting. Because I, know, I was literally about to say, I'm like, if you come here expecting like perfect organization, clearly you're new here. Like, please leave. Like because you're no, don't leave. That's me. <laughs> don't leave. <laughs> <We're just waiting. laughs> we, we can't look desperate. We can't look desperate. We don't We're care sorry. if you leave. We don't need you. <laughs> Starts crying. Yeah, Starts crying. crying. <laughs> but how come this podcast episode has less like views than the other ones? Believe what the fuck? Okay, we're gonna start off with like a popular book, and that is Six of Crows. And if you like Six of Crows, watch Money Heist. And Money Heist is a Netflix original series. It has like five seasons now, I think, which is crazy. And basically, it's pretty much what the name implies. It's about a heist. And sure. the, where I see the similarity between Six of Crows is the people doing the heist. Like, it dives in. The characters are all very, like, morally grey. Like, you, they're not, like, good or bad. Like, all the main characters doing the heist. Like, they all are doing, like, this horrible thing, which is, like, heist, heisting. But, like, they all have, like, their own reasons for it. And it really dives into, like... Six of Crows, you read Six of Crows and you're like, um, how do I put this? You read Six of Crows for the heist, but you read Crooked Kingdom for the characters. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, and I feel like Money Heist is that. Like, you go into it and you're like, you're watching it for the heist, but like, you stay for the characters. Like, and also it's just a really good plot twist, which is similar vibes to Six of Crows. And it's just one of those shows where, like, if you want to just like watch a show where you're like rooting for the for the bad guys quote unquote like just go for it (laughs) and then yeah and then in a similar sense i also want to recommend peaky blinders which you can also find on netflix and this basically follows like the the criminals of like i'm trying to i i'm pretty sure it's like 1800s london or something like that like they're all kind of in the steampunk era like vibes i'm pretty sure Yeah, and I'm not sure if they heist so much, because I haven't watched Peaky Blinders, but, like, all my friends have, 
and what I've heard from it is like <laughs> what my friends have about um and what I've heard from it is like it's kind of similar vibes where every it kind of follows like the bad guys again and it's kind of fun and fresh because it's I th- personally I think it's always fun to watch something where like you'll have like morally gray characters because then when they do something bad you're not like oh my god I can't believe they did that but you're like you know what that's on me for trusting you to make like the right decision yeah (laughs) like those are the vibes and so I think Peaky Blinders and Money Heist which would be like six of crows watch those and let me know what you think of Peaky Blinders (laughs) Olivia has the tendency to recommend things to people she hasn't but I slap every time like I always get it right though don't I like I always recommend good stuff whenever I recommend things that I haven't watched or read like they still love it every time like it's just a skill of mine um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay did you want to pick one next yeah I'm not gonna go in order of our list though because the next one on the little list we made up I think you would know more to talk about than I would um, oh, yeah, we're going to go. Okay, good, just to clarify. you expecting us to be organized as well. Not you. Oh, well, now I have to pick one. Because here's my thing, that I had some difficulty. Olivia's probably going to do more of these than I will, because I am a very, like, comedy-driven TV show person. Like, I don't watch mm-hmm. any, like, the serious shows. Like, I watch, like, sitcoms, like, and I will watch sitcoms over and over and over again. Because I just like to, like, watch shows when I do basic mundane things, like getting ready. And so I don't want to watch, like, a show. So some of these, a lot of these, I, and obviously there's not very many books that remind you of a sitcom, you know? That's, <laughs> and so um, a lot of these were Olivia, so shout out to her. Um, so my <laughs> energy. It's like the she first might... podcast episode where I'm carrying the episode, guys. Usually it's like Ooh. Lily has read more books than me, so she has to really just, like, take over and, like, Keep, keep coming out with the recommendations but today I'm here to shine this is my moment so I'm gonna have to it's gonna be hard because I'm gonna have to pick somewhere I know the book and I know the show so Olivia if you know I've watched one of these shows try to save it for me <laughs> don't do it um but I'm just gonna do like the one that I think I know the best and that's red white and royal blue I'm just I think I know that one the best um if you read Red, White, and Royal Blue. Watch Young Royals on Netflix. And you see, I felt a little bit silly telling people to watch Young Royals because I'm like, well, everyone's so clearly seen it because my For You page after I watched that show, there was nothing on it except for Young Royals things. Like, I know I'm kidding, every second TikTok, a Young Royals video. And so it's like, everybody and their mothers have watched this show, okay? Everyone. I was in some weird, like, space-time continuum. It's just like this warp. Everyone who's seen Young Royals. But then I get to college. No one knows what this show is. Not a single soul. So I'm like, oh my god. I was just in like the gay time warp. Okay. It is. Like, I mean, it was just like the gay community watched the show. And it's so weird because I remember this show being in like number one in like Australia at one point. But still, yeah. it was like nobody was watching it. Like, just the like, gays. That's how the gays were carrying it. <laughs> the gays were carrying it. And so. Basically, what I'm telling you is, if you liked Red, White, and Royal Blue, which you probably, you, you, y'all have heard of Red, White, and Royal Blue. Like, I know you have. Like, very, very popular book. If you are, have been on TikTok even once, you probably read it or want to read it. Young Royals is basically, it's about, we have another gay prince. So, like, literally, what more do you want? 
<laughs> Except he's a lot younger, hence the name Young World. Like, six, 17? I don't know. Something 16 like or 17. That. He's and still in high school. Yeah, still in high school. And he gets sent to this boarding school because he got involved in a little bit of a, a, little bit of a scandal. A little bit of a little bit of some drama, and mm-hmm. mom didn't like that, so she she sent him right off to this boarding school, and he was greatly upset by this. But then he starts another scandal <laughs> when he meets Simo, who makes him realize, oh shit, I'm like gay as fuck. That's wow, alright, that's cool. And then it's just basically a journey of that. It's a very fast paced show. Like, it's only six episodes, but holy shit, the amount of content you get. <laughs> it's, yeah, so much happens. Like, what like episode lot. was it? There's, like, one episode in particular that when I was, because Lily watched it before me, and then I was watching it, and she was like, Olivia, like, if you get to episode, like, four, like, episode four, shit gets real. Like, so much happens in episode four. Yeah, I don't episode think, four. I don't remember if it, was it episode four? Episode four, five, and six, like, they go hard. Like, they go hard yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an incredible show you will cry probably or you'll feel you'll feel emotions definitely um but it's not just like, one of those shows where it's like only okay like we ha- we're making a show about like a gay main couple that's all the representation you get like we've given you no. enough like no all the side like there's so much good representation like in this show like the side characters they all have, like, their own things. And it's just one of those shows where I'm like, these characters are so well written. Like, I would believe, and, like, this is based off of a true story if you told me. Yeah. And the actors have incredible chemistry. Like, the actors do mm-hmm. a great job. Like, and then even if you look at videos of them in real life and stuff, like, they're just just as iconic as you would want them to be. So, and and it got renewed for a season two. Um, so, yeah. That's fun. It's a great show to start standing. It's like, a great, good yeah, because it's, um, season two is coming out summer of 2022, so we don't even have to wait, like, three years for it either. <laughs> mm. I love, yeah, it, it's really good. It's just, it, it's just a few, like, chaotic gay, like, watch the show and, like, read, read, write in Royal Blue. <laughs> it's chaotic gay. Both of those things are just so chaotic. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Incredible oh. work, incredible work. Incredible. Love the work, yeah. Um, like, if Red, White, and Royal Blue doesn't give me the same vibe, like, the movie of Red, White, and Royal Blue doesn't give me, like, same vibes as Young Royals in the terms of, like, just the chaotic gayness in it, like, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the book, the book was immaculate with those vibes. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Red, White, and Royal Blue is being made into a movie, so. Mm. Period. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with okay we're really okay we're really going around the globe our show recommendations are on point okay because young worlds is a swedish show money heist is a spanish show and then peaky blinders is an english show now we're gonna give you a korean show just to spice it up a little bit so if you read the inheritance gains by jennifer lynn barnes you should watch this k-drama called cinderella and the four nights and oh my goodness, guys, like the serotonin that hits my brain, like when I talk about Cinderella and the Fortnites, like I can't even. Is this the one that you told me, like, gave you Infernal Devices vibes? 
No, no, no. Like, no. Oh, we could probably do that one. <laughs> okay. We, can... <laughs> we, we might do that later because if you read the we'll get back devices, to that. you could do this one. I could do like a whole. The title just, just like, sounded familiar K-dramas. to me. No, Cinderella and the Four Nights. No, that's a different show. I'll bring that up later. Okay, so Cinderella and the Four Nights um, is a different show, and basically it follows the story of there's this poor girl, and she's just like poor and uh very like the cinderella of her family but like her basically her dad married this like horrible woman and she has like this stepsister and the stepmom and the stepsister are like not it they are so annoying like i hate them but you're supposed to and then like the dad died and all of the money got left because since like this girl was so young like all of her money got left with like the stepmom and the stepmom was just like horrible and, like, so this poor woman, like, um, she's just, like, trying to get a future that her dad would have wanted for her because her dad was a sweetheart. Um, and he wanted her to, like, go to college and everything, but, like, the stepmom ended up, like, spending all the money and whatever, so she's just, like, poor. And, but, like, she's, like, just vibing, and she works, like, three jobs or something, I think, when we meet her. And then one day she basically is, like, doing pizza delivery, and she, she ends up just, like, whooping this guy's, like, ass, like, handing it to him. And uh, one of the people watching is, like, a really rich heir of, like, this super rich family, uh, like, CEO kind of-esque thing. And basically, there's, like, this big rich family and there's three, um, like, grandsons. And basically, they're all the same age, around the same age anyways. And it's kind of a big debate on, like, and each of them have, like, their own trauma, but it's kind of a big debate on, like, who's going to get the family fortune when, like, the granddad dies, because he's, like, on his way out. He's, like, oh. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, but anyway, he's getting older, and it's, like, a really big company, and all of these, like, uh, all these, like, young men are, like, they're super, like, damaged in their own way, so none of them can really be trusted to, like, own this big company. And anyway, one day this, like, granddad CEO comes across, I think her name was Una Won, and she comes, he comes across, like, Una Won, and is, like, oh, wow, like, she's such a vibe, and basically, oh, it's been a while. Okay, so, basically, the, when she handed the guys, like, asked to him at, when she was doing pizza delivery, one of the guys watching was one of, like, the, the cousins, like, the young uh, the young men who's like in line for the family fortune and then he was like hey I need to go to my granddad's wedding because he's getting like remarried and he does not like that the granddad's getting remarried and he's like I need like a fake date or whatever so then he goes up to Uno on and is like hey do you want to be my fake date for like my wedding like my my granddad's wedding or something and she goes okay I guess so and then anyway, um, basically this like cocky like uh, young man basically tries to ruin the wedding, but then Una wants like excuse you, not on my watch. Like I don't even know you people, but like this is not right. And then the granddad sees that like she's like the only one that's really been able to keep like these like uh, this like co- young young uh, heir in line, and so he's like, hey do you want to, like, a job where we're going to get you to come over to, like, our super rich mansion 
and I want you to like bring the three boys like together as a family again like and you're gonna be basically just like living here vibing with the house and like just doing your best to get to know these like grandsons of mine and get them to like like each other again because they all absolutely despise each other and it follows the journey of that and the premise seems very cheesy but like when I tell you that every single episode I watched it with my little sister we were like gasping at like the plot twists and whatever and like the serotonin and the love like square it was just so good and so when I read the plot for like the inheritance games which is basically like this girl basically walks into this super rich house with like these three attractive like heirs in line for like the family fortune I was like oh my god Cinderella and the four knights vibes because that's what the inheritance games is about eh it's like yeah yeah and so if you like the inheritance games watch Cinderella and the four knights it's really good and I'm sorry I went on a ramble but I couldn't help myself I think I'm actually going to rewatch that. <laughs> so this is just me realizing I'm going to go rewatch the Dora of the Four Nights. Yeah, it's it's a lot more like most K dramas. It's a lot more than like meets the eye. The K dramas always have really basic plots, but they just do the absolute most with them. Um, but yeah, I mm. recommend it. So yeah, Inheritance Games, Cinderella and the Four Nights. You can find it on Netflix. Mm. Okay, so the next one is if you liked um, the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Maas, you should watch The Witcher. Um, also on Netflix, um, season two of The Witcher is coming out on sometime in December, the 16th maybe. Yeah, pretty um, soon. I don't remember the date. I can and, um, yeah, coming out December 16th, I want to guess. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> but basically... December 17th. Oh my god, that was too good. He was so uh, close. He was so close. Too good. Too good. Um, they just, I mean, starting out, the vibes are very similar because they're both, like, so obviously Throne of Glass is a fantasy book series. The Witcher is based off of a fantasy book series. <laughs> yes. Because, so we've already got some similarities there. Um, and I feel like just the sense of, like, the depth of the storytelling, I guess. Um... Mm is really similar, like, um, what am I trying to say here? So basically the first season of The Witcher, if you've seen it or know anything about the books, you know that the first season of The Witcher is just based off of, like, the prologue, and there's, like, a lot wow. of content there for a prologue. Like, there's, yeah. prologue? <laughs> the pro- no, the prologue, the prologue of The Witcher books is, like, three books. Like, <laughs> What the heck? Because so much. Was The Witcher originally a book and then they made it into a video yeah. game? And then they made it into a show? Yeah. yeah. Any, any book that gets made into a video game has to have a lot of content. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Took so long to finish. So, really, really in depth storytelling. And then in Throne of Glass, basically there's like three books of world building. So you kind of get the same thing there. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of get the same thing there, and then obviously they're just, like, fantasy stories, so, like, you get, like, the swords and the sword fights and, like, the battle and everything that, like, you, like, get from Throne of Glass. Um, yeah, I mean, it's no, like, I think it's no coincidence that when you see, like, fan-made trailers for, like, Throne of Glass shows and movies made, like, there's always, like, at least 
three clips from The Witcher in there. Mm-hmm. It's Even just people like, are like Henry Cavill as Gerald, like looks like Rowan Whitethorn. Like that was a thing at one point. Yeah, so it's like there's that similarity too, I guess. But I, I don't know, just like The Witcher, it's like so complex. And the other thing that reminds me so much of Throne of Glass, actually. So if you've read Throne of Glass, you know that obviously it's not a spoiler if you haven't read Throne of Glass, don't worry. But um, if you've read Throne of Glass, you know that um, especially as you get into book like Air of Fire and Queen of Shadows and things like that, um, you kind of get to, and even Empire Storms, you kind of get all, like, all the different characters are kind of having different storylines. Um, like, you've kind of got, like, the Manon storyline, and then you got, like, the Aelin storyline, and then you got, like, the, like, yeah, Kale storyline. Yeah. And then the Witcher, and then they kind of intersect at a lot of different points, and they kind of end up coming together for, like, the end, like, they're, all the stories are connected, and that's kind of how the Witcher goes as well. So, like, yeah, you kind of get to know, like, the individual character storylines, but they're all connected. Like, they're all connected, and they all come together. So, that's, like, kind of a cool similarity between. I always love series like that, where it's, like... Oh, I know, like, to... they're my favorite. Yeah, because then when, like, your worlds collide, it's just the most badass moment. Like, you're like, what the heck? Um, it was obviously on a much smaller scale, and, like, but, like, I loved when this happened in the Atlas Six as well. Like, how they all mm-hmm. came together. Like, that's another book where they do that. Where it's like, yeah. it was obviously a lot shorter in the Atlas Six because it was just like the first like little beginning part, but it was so mm-hmm. neat because I just love getting to know. Like I love books that do that, and so like Throne of Glass does it, The Witcher does it, and everything. It's like all the characters have separate storylines, and then they come together for like kind of the main thing that you're there for. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. Five. There's also eight Witcher books and eight Throne of Glass books, so five. Yeah, because there's, like, five books in the main Witcher series, and then, like, three prequels. Yeah. I... <laughs> and um, so that's kind of like Throne of Glass, is, like, you get, like, three world-building books, and then, like, five books, books. Mm-hmm. No? Vibes? Okay. We're gonna give you... We're gonna go... These are all, like, uh, pretty... Oh, the Inheritance games wasn't really... But, like, we've been giving you lots of, like, high fantasy recs, so I'm gonna go on a more, like... I'm gonna do a really bad pun here. A more natural story, like normal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, but um, but like a like contemporary things that in our world that aren't really fantasy. Um, I'm gonna say if you liked the Naturals by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, same author as The Inheritance Games. Um, watch Criminal Minds. Uh, but since Criminal Minds is more popular than the Naturals, I strongly believe. I feel like we might as well just say, like, if you liked Criminal Minds, watch The Naturals. Read The Naturals. <laughs> Read The Naturals. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, Criminal Minds basically follows... Well, I'm going to say what The Naturals is about first. So you might have to help me out with this because you're better at explaining plots than me. Okay. But, like, The Naturals basically follows the journey of uh, Cassie, our main character, when she is kind of just working in a diner her mom since this is a quality YA book like what her mom is like missing like we don't dead or missing like when the book starts I think I think both well they never found her body that's right got it um and then yeah so it's like quality and uh 
Yeah, Cassie's just like vibing to Dinah, and then uh, we instantly find out that Cassie is really good at like reading people in the sense of with body language, she can kind of like get inside somebody's head and then, like, not in a like fantasy power way, but just like, oh, because this person wears this kind of clothes, I can assume they're gonna order this coffee because they look like a cappuccino guy or something like that, you know? <laughs> it's it's kind of that vibe. And then enter uh, this, like, mysterious, like, guy. And he's like, hey, do you want to join the FBI? <laughs> she's just like, excuse me? It is 7 in the morning. And he's like, well, um, just, like, let me know. Like, uh, ring, ring this number. Here's, here's the card. And then Cassie basically uh, finds herself getting wrapped up into the world of being a part of a special program called the Naturals Program, which is, like, a part of the FBI, where they get kids with, like, natural abilities. Um, for example, like, we've got characters that are basically real-life human lie detectors by, like, reading body language. They can understand what they can, like know whether or not someone's lying and then like because of that they're really good at lying too and we've got people who are like just really good at numbers and like calculating stuff and math and then like people who can read emotions and understand like what emotions are feeling and none of it's in like a high fantasy way where it's like this is my special power like there's always like reasons why they come to the conclusions and like Jennifer Lynn Barnes has like a PhD in psychology so it's super fun because it's like, it's totally yeah. Same same authors the inheritance games too. If you didn't pick that up, so like, if you like yeah. the inheritance games, you're probably set. Like you're probably exactly. that's all you. And, yeah. and criminal minds, you got two two reasons. Exactly, and like Jennifer Lamont, since she has like a PhD in psychology, it's it's so cool because she really knows how to get into like the psyche of like characters and um. She's like because of this and this, like it all makes sense, <laughs> and you're like wait. And it's the way that, like, there are actually people like this in real life, like, profile people who, like, read body language really well that are, like, actually in the FBI. Maybe not to this extent, but, like, you know, it's a, re- it's, it's a realistic idea, you know? Not that far yeah. from the truth. And yeah. also, and also, um, the other thing as well is it's huge, like, found family vibes. Um, because all these characters have super fucked up lives. <laughs> like, you kind of learn that the, the reason they have these abilities to, like, basically kind of, like, know all this stuff about people is because they had to learn how to do that to survive. Like, trauma-coding <laughs> so, mechanisms, yeah. Yeah, so as the book goes on, you kind of realize that, um... They kind of have fucked up lives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we forgot to mention what the entire like premise of the series is. So they're in the FBI and they're like, "Hey, we're just gonna give you guys like practice with like closed cases that we've like already solved, and you'll we'll see." No, they haven't solved them. They like, but they closed them because they couldn't be solved, and so that's why they're like that's trying right. to get them to see if they can pick up any other clues that could help oh. them solve it. No, but, like, the original premise, right, is that, like, hey, you're only allowed to solve stuff that we have already solved ourselves. No. And no. No. Because they were allowed to work on closed cases, because technically the case was closed, so they weren't as dangerous, like, because they were found, uh, like, a while ago. Like, But they technically still hadn't caught the person who did it, technically. Oh, okay. That's what a cold Got case it. is, right? Yeah. And yeah. so then they, like, follow. That's right. 
Uh, yes, it does. So yeah, they're basically solving murder mysteries using their abilities and just like doing the absolute most and we love that for them. Like all under the age of 18. <laughs> I think yeah. some of them are over 18, but like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Day in the life, just for you. But yeah, big found family vibes. Yeah, because they all just live in this like big house together and like yeah. cute for them. And Yeah, and so I say Criminal Minds because Criminal Minds is like solving murder mysteries. Um and like big found family vibes in criminal minds as well like so many people just watch criminal minds for the found family that like those characters have and yeah which is no surprise because like criminal minds was made by the same person who made teen wolf and that's like massive family vibes as well so Mm -hmm. yeah okay very nice moving on so it's my turn hey (laughs) (sighs) okay you can yeah you can do one. Which one can I do? You've read Daughter <laughs> of the Pirate King. No, I have, but it's like... Don't, um, <laughs> Don't tell me you haven't watched Pirates of the Caribbean. No, I have, I have. I just was okay, looking more cool. down this, because I thought we had already done all the ones, like, up top, <laughs> and, like, oh, of okay. this list, so that's, like, categorized. I was like, oh, we've already... Done. For some reason, my brain categorized it. I was like, oh, we've done the tough ones. So I was looking at the second half, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay, just kidding. Um, yeah, so Daughter of the Pirate King and Pirates of the Caribbean. Olivia already said it, but... I know, um, I kind of spoiled it, my bad. <laughs> I know, you're just taking away my thunder. Well, this is That's my okay. episode to shine, Lily, so... <laughs> That's right, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. No, but... Daughter of the Pirate King. Um, I'm assuming Pirates of the Caribbean is a lot more popular than Daughter of the Pirate King. <laughs> Um, yeah. so I'm just gonna kind of go on that, like, I'll explain to you what the book is about, because I feel like you all know what Pirates of the Caribbean is about, like, it, it's like, mm. pirate, <laughs> pirates, <laughs> but, like, pirate things are so much harder to find than you'd than think, you think they that they would be, because, like, pirate, the whole pirate world is so, like, it's so, like, book and movie worthy, right, but when you think about yeah. it, you're like, you can never find anything pirate, like, related, it's so frustrating, I would read the yeah. shit out of pirate stuff, if it was more yeah, like exactly, so, I feel like you all know what Pirates of the Caribbean is, um, if you don't, please get some culture, and come back, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, Dog of the Pirate King, because, Basically, it's great. We've got the pirate. We've got the pirate vibes there. Like Olivia just said, you're not going to find it very many places, but you're going to find it here. Um, because Daughter of the Pirate King is about a girl named Alasa, and basically, she pretends to get kidnapped by a rival ship because her father is the pirate king, and he has sent her on a mission to go find basically this other half of this map that they need and this map leads them to like an island of like immense treasure crap like that um anyway um things let's be honest i read this book and i wasn't paying an ounce of attention to that i was paying attention to alasa and raiden (laughs) raiden is yeah i always thought it was raider I know. You know, it's like Ryder, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's not, girl. Uh, that was when, that was like one of the moments where I was like, I think I might have dyslexia because I read those two books and I was like, Ryder, and then it was Ryden. I was like, oh god. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so basically, yes. Um, 
Ryden, <laughs> like I was thinking, I was like, wait, which one is it now? Oh my god, okay. Ryden, he is one of the members on this fellowship, and his brother's actually the captain, so cute and fun for them. And basically, he's like, kind of like, oh my god, like, you're kidnapped, like, you're going to stay in this cell, but really, she's actually just looking for this map. And kind of in order to do that, she like kind of like snuggles up to him a little bit, like <laughs> like like basically gets inside his personal chambers because she's like, oh my god, he's gotta have it, he's gotta have this map. And then they've got some good enemies to lovers banter. We got the one bed trope, we got the cleaning yeah. wounds trope, we've got it all. You don't give a shit about we've the plot. Got, no, no, no. <laughs> we have the superior superior trope of all tropes: banter while sword fighting. Trope. That's right. You really you really liked that part. <laughs> Who doesn't like that trope, you know? It's so good. Yeah, so good. Very good. You're right. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah, so it's just, like, iconic vibes. Like, just the setting is so much fun. The romance, so much fun. And huge and parts of the character. It's like, fast. It it's so short. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's so fun. Just give it a go. <laughs> Just give it a go. It's like you have nothing to lose, and it's so fun. <laughs> nothing to lose. Um, exactly. Yeah, and also like literally on the front of, bring it back to how like Pirates of the Caribbean and Daughter of the Pirate King. Oh. Literally on the front of the book, like Daughter of the Pirate King, it says like Alossa is just like female Jack Sparrow, like on the front of the book. Like I forgot about one that. Of those author reviews. It's literally here. I'm, I'm gonna get the list. The list is over here. But I remember it now that you say it. Oh, yeah. Readers should rejoice because we now have a Lady Jack Sparrow on our hands. Anna Banks, New York Times bestselling author of the Sirena legacy. Sorry, Anna, I don't know what that is, but I appreciate your Jack Sparrow review comparison. Um, yeah, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Uh, yeah, very nice. Okay. And then, like, here's the thing, like, because I'm thinking, our demographic, we actually have a pretty young demographic, so I'm like, what if they don't know what Pirates of the Caribbean is, and they're like, I don't know. Here's the thing, though, all, you can't really explain what Pirates of the Caribbean, you're just like, this Pirates. No, like, that's why, that's, why that's, like, that's why you asked me, you're like, have you watched Pirates of the Caribbean, and I'm like, well, obviously yes, but then I was like, but like, what am I going to say about it? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, it's just pirates. Like, it's just pirates. Like, I, don't really, like, I don't really know how else to explain it. Like, it's just, it's what it is. Yeah, like, every every plot of the every movie is like, yar har har, like, let's go find some treasure. <laughs> exactly. And it's just pirates being pirates. Like, it's really good. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, those two, very nice. Okay, um, moving on, we're gonna do, uh, something that, okay, this is kind of like The Witcher, where, when we did, like, Throne of Glass and The Witcher, I suppose something we also could have said as well is, like, if you like Throne of Glass, you watch The Witcher, but you can also, like, read The Witcher as well, so, like. That's true. And the same with this one, uh, if you like Prairie of the Orange Tree, you can watch or read How to Train Your Dragon because How to Train Your Dragon is also a book series um, and it's apparently really good too I haven't read the book series but 
I everyone who has read the book series, it's kind of get it has like a the fandom of How to Train Your Dragon books like gives me same vibes as like the Percy Jackson fandom, where it's like it's just like a lifestyle at this point. <laughs> like it's just it change it like makes people so happy. Um, the How to Train Your Dragon movies are beautiful. Um, they work of art. This that's the classic like How to Train Your Dragon song is easily one of like the best songs ever made in my opinion you know the one i'm talking about the one yeah. what, what what the heck is it called it's like his first bride or something like that uh, um anyway so prue of the orange tree okay let's be real the main connection here is prue of the orange tree is just like about dragon riding and the how to train your dragon it's just about dragon riding too like that's how i came to this conclusion <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like um it's also kind of like a Daughter of the Pirate King and Pirates of the Caribbean in that way. It's like, you think there would be more done with dragons, but there's really not. Right? Totally. Totally. That's actually a great point. Um, like, the only other things, like, I've read a lot of fantasy, and the only other dragons that I've seen is, like, kind of, like, with, like, Manon and the witches yeah. from Throne of Osprey, and then they were, like, like, they were dragons, kind of. They weren't called dragons. <laughs> so, like, I don't really know of anything that uses dragons in it. No, literally. Like, it's always, like, a side plot. It's never, like, the yeah. main plot. I was, like, through the orange tree, like, how to train your dragon is, like, the main, like, characters ride dragons, and it's, like, their thing. They're vibing. Mm-hmm. The reason why I went, like, oh, before, while you were talking, was I looked at, like, Pro of the orange tree, like, synopsis, and then I saw that, like, a bo- like a local bookstore selling it for, like, $12. I bought mine for, like, 25 I'm, like, really pressed right now. I'm like... Anyway, sorry. That was just something I needed to explain. Get off my chest. $12. Anyway, here's the thing, though. Prairie of the Orange Tree, I think, is such a vibe because it's so big. But, like, I think we've discussed this before. I have, like, nothing but respect for the author because, like... It's when it's just like one really big high fantasy standalone that's like really thick. I think it's like over eight hundred pages. It just tells me as a reader, I'm like, okay, this tells me that the author was like, I could have made this and stretched this out into like a trilogy or something, and like wasted your time. But I'm just gonna give you quality, like a quality eight hundred pages in this world, and have fun. Like, mm-hmm. and I respect it. And I'm not saying that like books that are like three trilogies long and stretched out plots like are bad but like I we've all read like a book series where we're like this could have just been one big book and it would have been fine like it would have been the same level of satisfaction but yeah basically uh, I think another thing that these two uh, books have in common uh, like these two things have in common is the immense world building like Prairie of the Orange Tree has like such detailed world building even when you open the book it has like a map and it has like clan logos and then like on top of that like different illustrations and just like yeah there's a lot there's a lot to work with and how to train your dragon I feel like is the same like there's it's just like a completely different world and it's just so much it's so fun and fresh so yeah Basically, the synopsis of... Should I say what the synopsis of Prue of the Orange Tree is? Probably. Sure. 
Joel. I'm just going to read it off of Goodreads because I can't think of anything original. A world divided, a queen and without an heir, an ancient enemy awakens. The house of Barithnet, okay, has ruled Enos. <laughs> Sounds like I'm saying anus, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, has ruled Inus for a thousand years. Still unwed. Queen Sabran, the ninth, must conceive a daughter to protect her realm from destruction, but assassins are getting closer to her door. Eadurin is an outsider at court. Though she has risen to the position of lady-in-waiting, she is loyal to a hidden society of mages. Eid keeps a watchful eye on Sabran, secretly protecting her with forbidden magic. Across the Dark Sea, Tarni has trained to be a dragon rider since she was a child, but is forced to make a choice that could see her life unravel. Meanwhile, the divided East and West refuse to parley, and forces of chaos are rising from their sleep. Oh, yeah. Also, it's like lesbians in here. It's like queer. Queer romance. So, that's... That's automatically good. It's obviously good. Why are books with lesbians, like, never bad, though? Like, tell me. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) I haven't seen a good popular lesbian book that's been bad. So... Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Prairie of the Orange Tree, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Super fun and fresh. Fun. Okay. Um, I guess, am I going in with our last one? Do you, you can, if you want. It's up to oh, you. then I guess you can also do that in front of the faces one. Yeah, that's so true. Okay. Yeah. Good point. So I'll be going in with our second last one. <laughs> Um, as as we've just decided here (laughs) yeah Um, but so that is from Blood and Ash if you liked from Blood and Ash watch the Vampire Diaries or vice versa I feel like both these are pretty popular so I feel like you've at least seen one of them you've seen one of them at least the Vampire Um, Diaries really took off like in 2020 like that was like a quarantine show I remember really I didn't know anyone who watched it in 2020 you're kidding me was I just in like wait is this me finding out like my version of your young royals loophole or something yes I didn't see anyone all I saw like when quarantine hit and I watched the Vampire Diaries back in like 2017 like no I never saw this. Well, I know I'm not lying because I I've seen it like confirmed by the cast. So like, I get recognized more now after 2020 than I did when the show was like at its peak. Oh no, I'm so. sure I'm I'm sure that like I believe you, but I just I didn't happen to see it. You didn't see it. Yeah. Um, you haven't. Have you watched the Vampire Diaries? I've watched like part of it, but then I thought it was boring. <laughs> okay, season one was boring though. No, I watched past season, season one. What? What did this you get up not, to? I don't remember. I was like 13. <laughs> Wait, did you see when like the originals came in? I don't remember. <laughs> I I'm sorry. Oh, I think I'm so. Re- <laughs> I think so. Okay. Anyways, we'll we'll talk about this later. Anyway, yeah, I have trimmy. watched the Vampire Diaries. I really liked it. I stopped watching at like season seven. It got <laughs> a little bit boring. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, um, but from Blood Nash, I did like from Blood Nash. Don't like that I like from Blood Nash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but the new cover slaps though. 
It makes yeah, me the cover for a War of Two Queens, the fourth book, is out. And by the time you guys see this podcast, we'll have been out for a few days. Um, it's Law So Hard. It's so pretty. Go look yeah, at it on Jennifer L. Armitage's Instagram if you haven't seen it already. Yeah. Anyway. The covers do make you feel better about the fact that you've read it. Like, it the, looks the covers are pretty for all those books. They They're are. nice. I feel like Jennifer Armentrow's, like, from Blood and Ash covers are what, like, Sarah J. Mass thinks she does with her Akatar covers. Sarah J. Mass's covers are so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Sorry, not sorry. It's like, if you like Sarah J. Mass's covers, like, I'm sorry, we need to have a talking to. The Christmas City one isn't horrible, though. The Christmas City one isn't horrible, but, like, looking at that one, it shouldn't be, like, this is her best cover. Like, that shouldn't be her best. I mean, it's not, it's yeah, not her work. It's not her work. It's, it's someone drew it, not her. But, like, Looking she at the, she picked the artist. The Christmas well, I know she picked she the artist. Oh, okay. But like, and so like the Crescent City one, it's good. But like, that should not be. Oh my god, it's her best cover. It's not good enough to be the best. I understand why Selena looks like a general alien, like a genuine alien <laughs> in the front of Throne of Glass. Like why? Like, I and then the Agatar covers, like honestly, like the new covers, the ones that they made, or no, the old covers. Sorry, like I actually dig the old covers. Like I have the old I covers. Do too. Mm. And, like, the thing is, the old covers are selling for, like, 300 bucks for, like, mm-hmm. two of the books can't right now. You can them anymore, can you? And, like, the thing is, I'm like, oh, my God, I definitely need to sell those for, like, that money. But then I'm also like, but the new covers are so ugly. <laughs> like, I don't even like Akatar that much, but I don't. I just, I'm like, but that's how ugly they and are. Here's the thing. Is that I will hating, care. We are not, like, want to make this very clear. We're not hating on the artist, but, like, when, it's just the we're, design. we're not... It's just the design isn't, for me, like, when I say, like, a book cover's bad, it has nothing to do with the art or the artist, and everything to do with, like, whether or not the cover relates and really represents what's inside And also, the colours are just so bad. Like, why, who the fuck picked, like, neon pink for Akawar? Like, like, (laughs) yeah, that is a good point. Like, yeah, that's actually true, because when they're all together, it's, like, neon blue, neon pink, neon red. And then, like, silver and orange. Like, it doesn't <laughs> vibe well together. Uh, the black ones do look good, though. Like, when it's just, like, those black and white ones or black and silver ones mm-hmm. where they're all, like, black. See, that's what I mean. Like, that's okay. But, yeah, it is the colours, actually. All right. Take the colours. Anyway. It's, it's we're talk about, oh, yeah. We're talking about from Blood Mash. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, we went off track. Yeah. So, from Blood Mash. Um, basically, I feel like a lot of people don't quite realize, and it's never talked about how much of a vampire story from Blood and Ashes, like, from Blood and Ashes is literally a vampire story, and just, like, everyone just chooses to ignore it. And werewolves, and just, like, everyone ignores it. But, like, Vampire Diaries, same dealio. Yeah. She has those fancy names, she doesn't call them vampires or werewolves, she, like, calls them something else. And the Elantians, (laughs) and the Yum. What is yeah. the werewolves? Oh, the, um, oh my gosh. The, um, the wolven. <laughs> the wolven! Like, Jeffrey does a good job at hiding it, because I remember I was, like, halfway through book two, and I was totally like, and Lily was like, it, yeah, the va- the vampires? And I was like, no, Lily, they're vampire And then you were like, you just stared at me, and I was like, oh my god, like, vampires and vampire are the same thing. Like, she does a good job at, like, however, I don't know, it's just like the that Jennifer L. Armand show, like, all the From Blood and Ashes stuff, where it's like, there's just crack in those books. Like, you just don't even... All rhyme and reason goes out the window when you read those books. And the main... I think the main reason 
why I see similarities in The Vampire Diaries and From Blood Nash. There's so many weird blood sucking scenes in From Blood Nash. Similar to. No, because we literally. No, remember the time where you were explaining, like, the joining to me? And I was like, all I can think about is that one scene from The Vampire Diaries where, yeah. like, Elena's feeding off of Damon. And I showed you the scene and you were literally like, yeah, those are the vibes. So mm-hmm. true. Okay, so do you want to go ahead and just do the last one quickly before we have to do that? Before we have to do that. I always love how we say, like, we have to go back to our busy lives, like, when we finish this recording. As if we don't just sit around and talk for, like, three hours afterwards. I know. We're like, we're just so busy. Like, gotta go. We can't talk about books anymore when literally all we do is end these episodes and then just keep talking about the same books that we were talking about on here. Um, It just hits different. It just hits different. We like to pretend that, like, this is this is like a limited time offer for like sorry guys and like, also and also i feel like when we talk about books outside of the podcast it's like if you guys thought this was chaotic you should see our real conversations like our real conversations are so fucked up <laughs> all over the place all over the place <laughs> you feel like we're psychotic <laughs> the, the order of our conversations are just like guys like we're trying to be organized for you right now we just want to five minute tangent about the colors of the actor <laughs> <laughs> you should see so we're not you should see so we're not trying <laughs> we literally it's literally like a most common phrase in our friendship of like how did we get here like how did we start talking about this like and we can't even remember yeah anyways the last one is the spontaneous one that lily brought up and if you like the infernal devices by cassandra claire um but she better angel which you better. Which <laughs> um, you better, you bitch. <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, whatever. You can leave. We don't care. Um, but, um, just personally, I'm trying to be organized here. This is my moment to shine. Back off. <laughs> okay, um, go. Okay. Oh, uh, so basically, if you like Infernal Devices by Cassandra Clare, so like Clockwork Angel, Clockwork Prince, Clockwork Princess, um, there is a K drama called Goblin Guardian. Oh God, ever you just look up Goblin and it comes up. Um, but it's called like Goblin and then like colon something Goblin. K drama. Oh Guardian. Okay, it has two names, so it's called Goblin. But then like if you look up Goblin K drama, it comes up. But then it's also called like Guardian, colon, the lonely and great god. And so, yeah. And you can watch it on this website called Viki, like Rakuten Viki, R-A-K-U-T-E-N, and then V-I-K-I. Um, and sometimes it's on Netflix, sometimes. Uh, but basically this, uh, oh my god, yeah, this K-drama, it will get you in your feels the exact same way that, like, the Infernal Devices do. Um, I can't believe I didn't put this on the list, actually, because it's very, it's so similar in the vibes. Like, the story's definitely different. Um, there's not really, like, a love triangle per se, but there is a bromance that is just, like, (laughs) so good. It's, like, all the people that have watched it, like, a lot of the comments are, like, yeah, there's no bromance, like, better in K-dramas than the one in this one. And it's really good. And it's got, like, immortal characters. And, um, it's got, like, magic. And it's very, it's very fantasy. But it's set in our world. 
and it's also so funny like there I can't remember what episode it was but there was one episode where I literally got to the end and I was like this show that episode was a comedy like this was not a drama like that was like that was a comedy right there um and it's main genre is actually romance but like it's also it's one of those things where it's like it's so much more than just romance because there's actually like a really great story to it it's kind of like infernal devices where people you kind of finish and you're like wait that was actually like a romance trilogy it's like that's one of its main genres but you're like wait this felt like so much more than just just romance and yeah basically it follows the journey of this guy and the main character everyone hold your horses you know that guy that was in squid game for five minutes and all he did was just like slap someone and everyone lost their shit over it because he was so hot (laughs) remember him the guy who he played duck with yeah he's the main character in this really yeah that's like when he was in squid game like i already knew who he was because of this show and i was already in love with him i was like oh my god it's the combo i was like what the fuck I was like, and so, yeah and so i was actually pretty disappointed when he was only in squid game for like five minutes because i was like oh okay you're doing great sweetie but it's okay um anyway he's actually like one of korea's most popular actors but uh, it follows, he's the main character, and he is, like, the goblin, or the guardian below me, and great god. And basically, he, the, the gods kind of just uh, give him, like, an immortal life. Uh, it, it, it shows how he gets there, like, in the first episode. And then, um, basically, he has this, like, sword in his chest, just, like, sticking out of his chest. But it's invisible. The only person who can see the sword is, like, the goblin bride. And they basically say... Okay, your immortal life can end when your goblin bride pulls out this sword from your chest. Like, if you pull out the sword from your chest, like, you will die and you will, like, go find peace. But lo and behold, he's, like, going, like, hundreds of years and he still can't find his bloody goblin bride. He's like, where is, where is, like, my goblin bride? Because he wants to die. He's like, guys, it's been, like, almost, like, a thousand years. Like, it's getting pretty old. Like, I, I just, like, just let me go in peace, please. Um, and then, anyway, it kind of just follows the journey of him and uh, one day stumbling upon a girl who claims to be the Goblin Bride. And it follows their kind of, like, romantic story. And it definitely plays around with one of those things where it's, like, you can't decide whether, like, you want him to have the sword pulled out, you don't want him to have the sword pulled out, because it's, like, it really does a good job of that. And then also who the bromance is with is with, like, a guy who's also, like, the Grim Reaper. He's just, like, casually the Grim Reaper as his day job, and he just, like, goes and, like, gets the dead people and sends them off to the afterlife, all in a hard day work, and they just, like share an apartment together (laughs) it's just a vibe yeah and then like the girls just there vibing being like hey guys i'm the goblin bride (laughs) and um yeah it's so funny and it's really good and the found family's immaculate the drama's immaculate the romance is immaculate and it's also got like tragedy the same way that like the infernal devices has tragedy so like you will bore your eyes out at this drama but in a way that when you finish crying and going through your depressive episode, you're like, you know what? And I would do it again. 
for sure. It was worth it. Just like the Infernal Devices. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's a very good drama. I watched it on, like, a weekend, but Lily saw all the Snapchats of me just, like, crying, being like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Episode 12's really sad. Turns out episode 13's really sad, too. And 14. And 15. Like, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I think that's a good list. I think we've given you some things to think about. Maybe she'll have to watch. We're so much more than book recommendations and talking about Cardin's Tale, guys. Like, what was that show books, too? I think that's her legacy. Legacy. When the if this when this podcast ends one day, they're like, what will we be remembered by, everyone? Oh my god, it's those girls that did that episode about like we need to talk about Carden's tale. Like, if you haven't listened yet, scroll down. <laughs> scroll down, you'll yeah. find it. It's like one of our most listened to episodes. Like, yeah, I'm proud of our titles. Hey, I'm proud of our titles. Let's not bash on our titles. So many, so many others are like the books we read this month. Like, no. We give Wally. Yeah, we need to talk about tale. Like, we need to talk about Addie LaRue's obsessive oversharing problem. Like, we've got quality. <laughs> You're like, that was a good one. That was a good one. We <laughs> laugh uh, at our own titles. But like, by the way, guys, we like laugh at our own titles. Like, we just. Yeah, because we, we always come up with them hilarious. at like 2 a.m. in the morning. We think we're hilarious. Like, we, and we are. So, like, it's okay that we think that. <laughs> <laughs> in your very unbiased opinion. In my very unbiased, unbiased opinion, we're like fucking hysterical. Like, anyway, I'm sure That's if the right. listeners are here, if the listeners listen, they know that already. <laughs> yeah. Someone's sitting on the other end of this being like, they're so lame. <laughs> I mean, if you're still listening, there must be some reason. And so, and I don't think it's our in- insane organization. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Uh-huh. God. If we are what people consider organized, they seriously need to get a planner. Like, because, no, we are not organized. <laughs> okay. But anyways, thank, thanks so much for listening. These are our, if you, these are our show recs and book recs and we've given you lots of connections. And so we've given you a lot of hours of entertainment here today. And you're, you're welcome. welcome for that, I say. Yeah. And we'll see you all next week. Yeah, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>